Welcome to Vet Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Vet Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullino. For information about Vet Friends classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.vetfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at vetfriends.org. Bit Friends podcasts are now sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's show, I have a very special guest, Stephanie Richardson. So, Stephanie, take a moment, introduce yourself, tell our listeners where you're from, and anything else you want to add, then we'll get into our discussion. Okay. Hi, I'm Stephanie Richardson. I am from Austin, Texas, born and raised in Texas. Um, Been here most of my life. Um, I am a mental health therapist, licensed professional counselor here in Texas. Currently work with juveniles in um, the criminal justice system. Also have experience working with families, individuals, couples. I do couples therapy, individual therapy. Um, I'm really big on relationships and how important they are to us. And I have two teenage boys. Awesome. Awesome. And, and you know, Stephanie, first of all, I want to say thank you for joining my show. I greatly appreciate it. I want to get that in before we get to the end. I forget. <laughs> okay. My now, pleasure. My pleasure. Yes. Yes. Glad to have you here. Now, Our show today for our listeners, we're going to talk about mental health in the black and brown community and also dealing with men, uh, because I think a lot of times the discussion, we kind of forget about men. So let's talk about just mental health in the beginning and then towards the end, we'll step into the conversation about men. Okay. So I know a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but some people get mental health and mental illness kind of mixed up a little bit. Can you kind of tell us the difference between mental health and mental illness? Right. Of course. So mental health, we all have it. So we all have mental health. Now, when there's a problem, an issue, either organic, where you need medication, or psychological, where you need therapy, then that's where illness comes in. And the mental health illness is diagnosed, and it's diagnosed by a professional Like your mom can't diagnose you, your husband can't say you, you know, you're bipolar or you are narcissistic. It has to be a professional. There's certain criteria you have to meet. um, And it has to be like it has to be for a certain amount of period, period of time. And it has to be something that's having a negative effect on your life, your relationships, maybe your functioning. And um, yeah, so that. I hope that answered your question. That does. That does. <laughs> and, and as as we're thinking about <laughs> mental health, and and one thing I said on one of my other podcasts, real quick, it's okay to laugh. You know, okay. I, I feel like laughter is very important for all of us. You know, um, in in this era of COVID, you know, if you're not laughing, you're crying, and we right. don't want anybody to cry. <laughs> so, um, talking about mental health, you know, we we all have our struggles, and I mm-hmm. feel like the past year and a half we have been struggling in so many different ways, regardless of what your profession is, regardless of what you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel this heaviness, this weight that's kind of falling on everybody's shoulders. Um, When you start having mental health challenges and Mm -hmm. and we're not getting into the illness aspect of it, but just challenges, what does some of that look like? Well, I'm so glad you mentioned COVID because for one, it's something new for all of us. Um, as therapists, it's new for us. And as people walking down the street, it's new for you. So it has brought about some new challenges um, that that may have. So if you're already vulnerable to, say you have depression. I know you don't want to get into mental health yet, but if you have depression and then something happens, that just exacerbates your depression. Well, if you don't have depression and something happens, um, you're still gonna, it's still gonna affect you because you're psychologically, you're trying to navigate what's going on and your resources, you know, you've never done this before, so you may not have the right resources. So you need some help. We all need help. And right. what COVID has done, it has brought about anxiety and depression in people who are not diagnosed with it. So 
it's a challenge to try to navigate and you don't have the resources and then you try to go about your regular day, go to work, you know, pick up the kids. And then you have this heavy, like you, this heaviness on you and you don't know what to do with it. And so it just kind of compounds and either gets built and built and built and then it explodes. And that doesn't look pretty. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, we'll probably jump around a little bit in the conversation but being in the education field, you know, we talk about it a lot at work. We're mm -hmm. like, this year feels different than any year we've ever experienced. Even 2020, yeah, it, it had its challenges. We were trying to navigate, figure things out. Mm -hmm. But this school year, especially starting during the summer, it just felt different. Yeah. And we, we say it's in the atmosphere. Whatever it is, it's affecting the students, the morale of the staff. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this big shortage of staff. Nobody wants to go to work in the school system. And, you know, and I try to explain sometimes to, like, friends and family what it feels like. Like, when I say I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. When I say right. I'm tired, I'm really tired. You know, mm -hmm. back yeah. in the days, yeah. we might say, oh, I'm tired. And, yeah, let's go to the movies. I'm tired. Right. Let's go out to eat. But now when I say I'm tired, it, it's like I'm really tired. Yeah, it's a different kind of tired. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of it, we felt like it is mental. because like you're checked out physically you're at work mm -hmm. mentally a lot of us are checked out we talk about it we're like mm -hmm. wow i'm not even here i'm on vacation yeah. somewhere but i haven't left you know right um how how do we and like i said i'm gonna bounce around a little bit how mm -hmm. do we navigate through some of that anxiety some of that heaviness that we're feeling some of that and i'm gonna say depression because i have some co-workers i've seen cry just walking the hall just in tears because it, yeah. it's just weighing so heavy and mm -hmm. and i would say even myself there have been times i'm just like i'm done yeah you, yeah you, you can have my badge and i can just retire from here i'm good mm -hmm. well a lot of it has to do with the uncertainty we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring um children count on adults adults they use them as a reference right? right so if you are worried or scared or depressed or sad or mad or anxious then the kids pick up on that and they don't really know how to navigate their emotions so they're gonna whatever you are they're gonna be that right so um one way to as adults what we can do is one name it right and not brush it off or think oh i'm tripping like you know i'm tripping like or believing that we are so resilient because that's that's something in the black community like you right. know i got this i got this right well you may have had it but you haven't had it with covid right so absolutely. it's a whole new world so you have to recognize it you have to name it and then you can seek seek help professional right. help i'm glad you said that you know you're right. In the Black community, mm -hmm. we think we're superpowered beings, you know, right. and I think that's just this mentality we have to have to stay, you know, on top of things in this world to mm -hmm. not, not crumble, not fall apart. We have to stay strong. Right. And I admit to it. I find myself doing that at work. Um, I'm only one of two Black men in the school. Mm -hmm. The other one's a custodian. Mm -hmm. So when a lot of times when something's happening, you know, if a child's running, they look for me to help. Mm -hmm. And and just just to tell a, a, a funny story, I the other day I was in the break room and I saw I heard the walkie-talkies going off and I saw them out there looking for somebody and I just said, I can't do it. I turned the blinds down, I kept eating my lunch. Mm -hmm. Normally I would be out there and I'm chasing, I'm like, I, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, my body's not going to let me. My body said, just sit here and eat. My mind was like, oh, what's going on? Nope, nope. Don't focus yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like what you said earlier. We have to re recognize, you know, we have kryptonite too. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And, and we have to learn how to step back and acknowledge and talk and mm -hmm. speak about what we're feeling and going through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you are tired, name it. I'm tired. I can't go out there. I I need a break. Um, because if you don't, then you're going to go out there and you're going to be a portion of who you need to be in that moment. Right. right. Because you're not you're not all there. Like you right. are exhausted and you're tapped and you you're at your limit. 
And that's when you become cranky and angry and mm-hmm. bitter and mm-hmm. <laughs> resenting right. people. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I've, I've been working on that. You know, I think sometimes as, you know, people of color, we, we have our pride, mm-hmm. you know, and when people say, hey, how's your day going? We go, it's all right. It's good. You know, right. we don't give details a lot. You know, that I'm good is really me to me sometimes says it's a rough day, but I'm not really going to talk about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I had um, a coworker say, how are you feeling today? There you go. I say, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I've been waiting for somebody to ask me how mm-hmm. I'm feeling because mm-hmm. there's a difference between there's a big difference. how's your day and how are right. you feeling. Right. And when you ask people, how are you doing? They can say, I'm okay. Right. Right. And just keep, keep it moving. Well, okay is not a feeling. Absolutely. So how are you feeling? Right. Like, I want you to tell me how are you feeling? Because not only are you letting me know, you're letting yourself know. Right. I'm exhausted. I'm sad. I'm worried. You know, acknowledging that emotion for yourself and for other people around you. Well, Stephanie, let me ask you this. How do we notice that or pay attention to those signs in other people? You know, a lot of times we know about ourselves, mm-hmm. but we interact with our family and our friends. And sometimes they could be having... A challenge, you know, how how can we identify some of that? How do we notice or pay attention to it? Well, one, you can ask Mm -hmm. and be sincere and authentic and not just, you know, the how you doing, I'm okay and keep it moving. Like, no, really, I want to know how are you doing? And then just observe and notice any differences, Uh, weight changes, irritability, anger, Depression looks different on everybody. Right, absolutely. Depression in children can look like ADHD. Mm-hmm, I agree. Depression in adults, men, it can look like anger. Right. Because they're irritated because they don't they don't know what's going on. They don't have a solution. Maybe feeling weak and vulnerable. So then they judge themselves, and then they become angry. Right. So checking in with people having them name their emotions so that that way they know and you know and then giving them resources right well what are some of the myths in our community and and i wrote one down um i think we have all said it at some point in our lives when somebody's dealing with some mental health challenges we call them crazy Mm -hmm. you know and and I think now in current modern times, we recognize, no, that person is not crazy. They're right. dealing with something. Like you said, it could be anxiety, depression, these things we can name. Mm-hmm. But back in the days, we didn't name it. We just labeled them as crazy. Right. Um, what are some other myths within our community? We talked about the, the Superman mentality. You know, we're super people mm-hmm. and vulnerable. What are some other things that we can identify? Um, well, one is being depressed and not seeking help for it uh, because you don't want other people in your business or mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm just going to say it. That's what those white people do, right? They go right. to therapists. Uh, we don't do that. We go to church or right. we pray or we just tough it out. Um, being strong can be misleading. Uh, you're strong, you feel like you're strong, but then you're challenged. So then you're like, but I'm supposed to be strong, right? I'm supposed to be resilient. And it's not just, you're, it's not just the black community. It's the Latino community too, right, absolutely. because they are, you know, also hard workers and what happens in our house stays in our house. And you don't want them telling your, you don't want other people knowing your business because right. then you get the system involved and the system is scary because it hasn't been nice to us. So those are some of the myths. Um, Also, I think the anger is a big part because we see anger, but we don't know that it's depression or anxiety or fear. Fear, right. Fear a lot of times can look like anger. So like mislabeling emotions, um, that the black don't crack is wrong. (laughs) It cracks, it it crumbles and yeah, we're not um, infallible. Right. And, and there was something else I was going to talk about, and I think it relates to the men also, but we'll, we'll revisit it. But 
as people of color, and that includes black and brown, and mm-hmm. we're we I feel like sometimes we feel invisible to the world around us. And when we are calling out for help, you know, calling out for people to listen, I think people hear us, but they're not listening to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I said this uh, to somebody on Facebook. I said, you know, when I'm telling you I'm in need and I need you to listen, I don't need a quote. Mm-hmm. I understand, <laughs> you know, as people of faith, we want to throw out that spiritual quote. Right. I just need you to listen. I don't, I don't, I don't need that at this moment because mm-hmm. right now that's not helping. Um, I know religion plays a big part in how we were uh, raised, but does it always help what we're going through? How does that, that, that religious balance, you know, impact right. our mental health or that mental stability? Well, I mean, one thing I tell people is, you know, if you're religious and you believe in God, God also created people to help you. Right. So you can have your faith. You can believe in God. You can also get help. Like God has blessed people to help you. If if you want to go there, God has blessed people to help you. Uh, You can lean on your faith. You can also lean on a person who is here on this planet to lend a hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you, I don't know if you have any handy, but do you know any statistics in regards to mental health with, within our community or maybe if not necessarily numbers, but just some facts that we can throw out there to our listeners about um, the black and brown community and mental health? Yeah, um, I had looked up some numbers and I can't pull them up right now, <laughs> but <laughs> I do want to talk about, and I don't know if this is okay, but to just talk about things like domestic violence, sexual oh, yeah. assault. Um, S- Stephanie, you can talk about all of it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so as far as men, um, like one in six black men has been a victim of domestic, domestic sexual assault or sexual abuse. One in three black women will experience either sexual abuse or sexual assault. Um, I worked with victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, um, human trafficking. There's a disproportionate amount of people of color that are are victims, victims and survivors. Survivors are the ones that make it. Victims are the ones that we, you know, we mourn. So um, it's pretty, it hits our community pretty hard, pretty hard. And a lot of it has to do with us not seeking help, the help that you said, being afraid to reach out and make a report because those are not our people, you know, like we don't know what they're going to do. So um, I hope that answered your question. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Because that's that's information we can share with our listeners Mm because, you know, I I really want them to hear what we're saying and to be educated because sometimes we are afraid to reach out. Mm You know, un- until somebody starts talking about it, somebody brings up the conversation. In particular, you know, you're mentioning um, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And, excuse me, we all know someone or possibly have been in situations which we have dealt with some domestic violence, you know? Right, right. So we, ha- I feel like we have to identify these things. We have to talk about it. We can't mm-hmm. always push it under the rug and say, oh, let's not talk about it. You right. Know? Right, and, and I understand. I do understand the mindset of I don't want anybody in my business. Right, but if it affects you, it's not just affecting you; it's affecting somebody else, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. family, friends, coworkers. Right. Somebody else is being affected by right. what you're going through. Right, and children. So, because you right. work in education, it's important to know that children who witness domestic violence are then at risk for anxiety, depression, suicide, low self-esteem, right. um, lots of what what's called behavioral issues, but really it's, um, you know, acting out or wanting help, like asking for help, but not knowing how to ask for right. help. Yeah. Now, now, I was doing some research, too, and just kind of reading up on um, mental health. And, of course, the, the biggest one that stands out is depression. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and depression can affect anyone, men, women, children, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much you don't have, it can affect anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and there's four different feelings or parts of depression I wrote down, mm -hmm. um, or three rather, it was feeling of sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know sometimes we, we feel like as we say in our community, I got this. Yeah. And I don't need anybody. Mm -hmm. But when you are dealing with depression, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with anything that's affecting you, you need people. Mm -hmm. You know, how can you just elaborate and for our listeners to know how important it is to need others to be in support of you? Yeah, of course. When you are having those feelings of worth worthlessness, help helpless and hope. List. Um, you can talk to yourself kind of all day long to be blue in the face. But when it gets to a point where that's not lifting your spirit or lifting your mood, then you need some help. And that's what talking to people is for. That's what mental health professionals are for. Reaching out, support groups. Um, there's even like phone lines that you can call and just talk to someone. Um, and it's important also to recognize that in your children and your partner and encourage them to also reach out to someone. Right. And and that, and that someone may be a stranger. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times we, we don't want to talk to somebody we don't know. Mm -hmm. However, the people who are closest to us sometimes don't see the signs because they're with us all the time. Right. You know, um, there are some that will identify where you're acting different now. Mm -hmm. But there's some people that just don't see it. You know, that's how close they are to us. They just, oh, you're going to be okay. Let's go hang out. Let's do yeah. this and let's do that. Yeah. Instead of really trying to identify, hey, what's going on with you? But it could take a stranger off the mm -hmm. street walking past and they might say, hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And just that simple. Um, and we have to be open to it. Yeah. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about ACES, the ACES program. Um nope. Mm -hmm. Some people may not be familiar with it or may not even understand what it means. Can you talk about it and kind of maybe break it down in smaller yeah, terms? Yeah. So ACES stands for um, Adverse Childhood Experiences mm -hmm. Study. It's a study. So they look at different things that happen. So you fill out a questionnaire, things that happened to you when you were before the age of, I think it's 18 Something um, like that, yes. Yeah, so while you were a child. So it's things like had a parent or a sibling that was incarcerated, witnessed domestic violence, lost someone, experienced homelessness. Um, there's some more uh, witnessed a murder or witnessed someone being killed. So all of those incidences that happened when you were a child, you saw them, they're going to affect you as an adult. Right. So you may, it may have been normal for you to see someone fighting in the house or gang violence and you think it didn't have an effect on you, but then you grow up and you're an adult and you realize you're paranoid or hypervigilant or you have a lot of anxiety. So that's why we look at those numbers and anything over, oh my God, it's been a minute. I think six, anything over four and six, um, then they start looking at how it's going to affect you you health-wise. Right. So people with high ACEs scores go on to have cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, um, lots of physical ailments based on this trauma that happened when they were a child. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's important to know your number. And you can go online and just type in ACEs, A-C-E-S, and you can do your own score. And you can see what you thought was just, oh, you know, that was just, you know, that was normal growing up. Right. Really has an effect on you. Now, here's a question. Um, and I, I don't know if it has been any research on this. Could possibly COVID become a new ACEs to a lot of our young kids? And I say that because they're going to, some of our young kids are growing up in a time where you're seeing your parents get mm -hmm. sick, mm -hmm. possibly pass away, or a sibling and I don't know if we are, we are truly thinking about how it's going to affect our kids in the long run. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I'm sorry, I thought about it. 
Mm -hmm. I was listening to NPR this morning and they talked about there's so many kids growing up that never had a chance to say goodbye to their parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you, even just the fact that they are uh, being virtually taught and not being like able to be physically in, in a room with someone or get a hug or, uh, meet their grandma and and things like that all of that's going to have a lasting effect on children and right. and they joke around and say oh that's one of those covid babies and that that they're different and they really are different like right. you know they grew up in a household and probably the first time they saw their grandmother was on a video screen right. whereas right. back in the day you know grandma was there grandma Absolutely. raised you right so all of that is going to have an effect and then then the loss on top of that definitely going right. to have an effect on these children and I'm sitting here thinking, Stephanie, I said, wow, as we're talking, I'm thinking, imagine the trauma that the kids have gone through that are in public, uh, in school, uh, in-person learning, because you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. You're worried about, you know, catching COVID. Mm-hmm. You're watching your, your classmates leave for weeks, you know. Right, I, right. I think about my school in particular, you know, we've been very fortunate that we haven't had any deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, or any Good. severe sicknesses. We have had kids leave, but they, they've been able to come back. Mm-hmm. So, but for some kids that are in a situation where um, they have lost a classmate, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's trauma that, mm-hmm. that will affect somebody because here's your friend today and tomorrow they're not there. Right, you right. Know? And I don't think we're thinking as adults, we're not thinking about the long-term effects on some of the children, you know, of seeing all these things. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know right now in the school, we're thinking about the now, let's protect the kids now, keep mm-hmm. the mask up, let's protect the kids, protect the kids. Um, and what I'm seeing though, it it creates, or it is creating a hostile environment yeah. Um, yeah. for our kids, for our parents, you know, day after day, we're dealing with parents that are frustrated, they're mm-hmm. mad, they're mm-hmm. upset, you know, they want their perfect world back. We don't have it anymore. You know, right, we can't give right. you what we used to give you two years ago. Um, and then and it, fear, the, right, the fear, like the right. fear, they, the kids pick up, kids pick up on that. Right. So if mom is scared, you know, when she drops me off and she's like hugging me, like she's never going to see me again. And then my teacher's scared and doesn't want me to sit next to this kid. Right. And then, you know, you go to the cafeteria, lunchroom lady scared and nervous. And so like, it's this whole atmosphere of fear and uncertainty that these kids are growing up in. Absolutely. It, it has really changed the dynamics of all of us. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important that for parents at this stage to seek therapy for their children and for the whole family, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of times we, you know, we're thinking kids, 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 but if the parents are not okay, the kids are not going to be okay because parents right. have to raise them. Right. So we got to right. make sure that we're taking care of ourselves also Mm-hmm. as well as our children. Yeah. And I am a huge supporter of family therapy. Like that is, that's my jam. That's what I do. Um, I work with, you know, kids in juvenile justice system. And I right. thought to myself, like, if I could just get my hand on those parents, right? You know, like we work on the kid, give them skills, right. send them right back home where there are no skills. So family therapy is is wonderful in that it works on y'all's relationship it works on the relationship of the the parents and the kid and how you like get into these patterns of of behavior where yelling screaming maybe not talking to each other isolating all this stuff so family therapy is is beneficial for not just the kid but like you said it's for the parent also and and you know i even think um, as far as like our educators, we can use some type of therapy for all of our staff because mm-hmm. we don't think about it. You know, we 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 have our staff meetings, but if we had therapy for us, I think mm-hmm. it would help us a lot because we are on the edge. Yeah. Even the way we interact with each other is not how it used to be. Right. And I even found myself the other day. I'm laughing about it now. I was I was uh, I was hot with one of my coworkers for something she did and something she said, mm-hmm. and another coworker identified it like, "Is everything okay?" And I was like, "No, you know, here's my issue," and I and I was able to say that here's my issue, here's why I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it did get resolved, but I was like, oh, I'm proud of myself because usually I would just walk away be like, oh, it's nothing and kind of let it go. Right. But no, I, I felt like I had to say what I needed to say right there. This is why mm-hmm. I'm upset with you. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need from, you know, support and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think as educators, we have our hotline you can call. However, I think if like when we had a professional learning day or work day, bring professionals in that can work Mm -hmm. directly with us. I think Mm -hmm. that would really help us. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, most school systems have EAP. So that you have access to a mental health professional. Uh, I think bringing one in is wonderful. Having groups, having some workshops, um, having someone in to do yoga or meditation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that has been one of my push, uh, one of my goals for not just the vitiligo community, but um, at work, because I, I'm a head of um, organization that supports like support staff and our okay. teacher assistants or I, instructional assistants or one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And I told them this year, we are really going to focus on um, mental health, physical health. Let's support each other. I said, because how can we do our jobs if we're not in the best condition we can be in. Right. And right. sometimes it could be as simple as being mindful about what you're doing, mindfulness and meditation, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to bring that or introduce that into our programs. We started last year and it, w- it went well. So okay. I want to keep it going because mm-hmm. we all are stressed, yeah. you know. And for me to sit here and pretend, oh, no, I'm good. You know, no, that, I'm not. Right, right. So that's going to lead us into our next part that term, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Majority of men use that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that because I was one of those men. Somebody <laughs> asked me, hey, what's going on tomorrow? I'm good. I'm good. Right. How, right. how, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good was everything. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't good. Right. But I'm good was my answer. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about mental health and men. Okay. Well, and, I have um, two boys. Yes. One is 21. One is 16. And so the I'm good, I hear it all the time. I'm right. good or I'm straight. I'm good, I'm straight, I'm straight. Go. right? Um, but me being the therapist that I am, I want to know, like, I need an emotion. Give me an emotion. Right. Like, good is not an emotion and straight is not an emotion. Like, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you worried? Are you tired? So getting to where you're talking about how you, the emotion and how you're actually feeling it's helpful. It's helpful for to you, and it's also helpful to those around you. Right. I I tell people that emotions serve a purpose, right? We we try to avoid them or cover them or deny them, but they serve a purpose. Like if you're angry, you shouldn't be ashamed of being angry. Say you're angry. It's what you do with your anger Absolutely. that causes a problem, right? Whether you slam the door or punch someone in the face, that's different. Um, sadness serves a purpose. It lets you know you cherish something or you miss something and you lost something, right? Happy, we know what happy does. Happy, happy is happy. Uh, Even fear serves a purpose. Right. So fear can get you out of a sticky situation, right? You, You see some dark figure walking towards you in the hallway, you go in the opposite direction. So to deny your emotions is a disservice because they serve a purpose. To ignore them or to push them or stuff them, what happens? They end up exploding. And then by then that's when you really have a problem when you are at like at a 20 as opposed to when you're at a five, right? So getting people, men to talk about their emotions. Now I've heard a lot of black men say, that nobody cares about their emotions uh or they get teased or called you know a sissy or girl or punk because they have emotions so they keep them to themselves well we need to do better in being open to black men men of color about their emotions right we know you have them you're human so we want to know how you feel want to know if we can help you sometimes you just want to say i'm mad right and it's okay and it's okay we're not going to judge you we're not going to say why are you mad like you shouldn't be mad you know so yeah 
And, you know, Stephanie, I think that's, and that's very important. That's one of the biggest issues too with men, the trust. Because I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in order for us to get there, we have to trust the other person we're talking to. Mm-hmm. And most times it's either a good friend or it could be somebody we're dating. Mm-hmm. And when we try to open to that person and they're not receptive to it, that makes us shut down. That makes right. us go into our shell. And and I can only say that because I've experienced it myself, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. I'm saying I feel this way and I was told my feelings were not true. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's right. my feeling. Right. How, how you going to tell me how I feel, you know? Right. And, and then we get angry because mm-hmm. now you're trying to tell me how I feel is not valid. Mm-hmm. And and what it does, it makes us feel invisible. Yeah. Like we don't exist. You know, yeah. we just we exist as a shell of a man, but not as a man that has something in the inside, which is a soul, you know. Right, right. Um how do we how do we get people to hear us? Well, I think it it actually starts with children. So little brown and black mm-hmm. boys need to know that it's okay to cry and right, it's okay right. to be sad and it's okay to want your mommy, you know, you, you love her. So it's right. okay. So that, that, that way they grow up knowing that their emotions are okay. When you're an adult, we need to listen and not judge. Right. And a lot of that comes from us just not being used to men expressing themselves. And so when they do, we're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? going to do with right. this emotion. This is a man. If it was a girl, I would give her a hug. Like, what do I do with a man? Ask him give what they need. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ask well, look, everybody loves a hug. Mm-hmm. Come on. Even right? if we don't, if we don't admit it. I mean, guys are just, and, and for our listeners, listen up. Mm-hmm. Guys are just as emotional as women. Yes, they we are. We like hugs. We, mm-hmm. you know, we like a good um, as y'all call them, chick flick. We'll watch it, but we just we'll pretend we're not gonna watch it. I don't right. watch that. Next, right. you know, we're all into it. Then we'll tell our mm-hmm. boys the next day, "Hey, you got to see this movie." <laughs> it, you know that that's part of that guy code. You know, mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we feel like we got to be tough. Yeah, but we're soft in the inside too. We mm-hmm. we have that the, those feelings and emotions and everything. And I, I think it boils down to trust, though fear and trust. We yeah. fear getting hurt. But we right. want to trust someone, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to give someone our all and and just not get hurt because maybe yeah. hurt yeah. Me, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard because society and you know saying that look at all the movies of men right. they are action figures or you know heroes or tough or something. Very rare you see someone who is crying over a chick flick as you called it. Right. But men have emotions they have the exact same emotions that women do right yeah we just express them a little differently you know but mm-hmm. we have them you know mm-hmm. um if you don't believe us watch a football game <laughs> watch your team lose and look mm-hmm. at the sidelines those right. dudes are crying you know <laughs> those, well, that's emo- I do emotions this, you know i do this exercise with um with men about emotions like you know, happy, sad, like I put them up one at a time and they could say a time when they were happier, when they were sad or when they were lonely. And then I put up all of the emotions at one time. And I'm like, so when was a time where you felt a range of emotions, like happy one minute, sad, angry, guess what they said, football, any Mm -hmm. sporting event, you are, you go through it all. Like you're happy if you win, you know, you're mad if somebody scores, you're sad if you lose, you're scared. You know, it's 10 seconds left in the game. Right. So men men have they they go through the whole range of emotions. Yeah. 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 And and we just ha- have to learn how to process them. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, a lot of it goes back to childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, our little boys are taught to be tough. Right. You know, go play football, be tough, be this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. not everyone's built that way. But right. you can still be tough and still have a heart, still mm-hmm. be gentle towards people. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have aggression towards everyone or somebody looks at you wrong, you're mad already, you know. Right, right. Um, and and I, I think about that because I do work in an ele- elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I'm in a unique position by being the only Black male there um, that the Black and Brown students come to me. And mm-hmm. even in the era of COVID, and I'm like, Remember, you can't touch people. They still come up for a hug and they sneak you. You're walking <laughs> and it's boom, there's a hug. And I'm like, hey, you know, but it's 
they need that. They yeah, they're they missing uh -huh. the the attention. They're missing the love that we used to be able to give kids, you know. Uh -huh. um, and we got to think about our children. They were getting love from teachers, you know. It wasn't just mom and dad, right. you know, aunt, uncle, cousin. It was from my teachers, you know. Mm -hmm. They used to hug me. The principal or the custodian would wave at me, a fist bump, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And now we've gotten to a point where we fear and we don't want our, our little boys to feel like, hey, I can't express myself because, you know, I know I have to wear my mask and I know this is virus out here. And, you know, but I would tell mm -hmm. the kid, hey, fist bump, sanitize, right. Let's go. Right. you know. There you go. <laughs> um, you have to do it differently, but we still have to show them mm -hmm. that you exist. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I use that term a lot because I felt that way, you know, being, being the sole black man at school. There are times I feel invisible. Mm -hmm. And and I've expressed it to one of my coworkers. I can talk to her. I'm like, look, I'm feeling like this. You know, she said, why do you feel that way? I said, because there's nobody to talk to, really. I said, we have our staff meetings. Yeah, I talk to you. You know, I said, but it's different because I need to talk to another man. Mm -hmm. I said, our custodian, he's on the other side of the building. And I, we do talk. You know, mm -hmm. if I get a chance mm -hmm. to have a conversation, I'll hunt him down. Hey, how's it going? What about your cowboys? Mm -hmm. We're not going to get to that conversation yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but he's a cowboy fan so we'll mm -hmm. talk you know we'll talk about the game or, or just shoot the breeze a little bit mm -hmm. um but and that's important right because that male uh relationship is important mm -hmm. and, and i feel like you know we teach our kids one thing you know the tough 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 but our boys need to know it's okay to talk to another male to get a yeah. different perspective you know yeah and relationships um, are so important. Like right, nobody, right. E nobody exists in this world alone. Absolutely. So relationships are, are necessary. Right. They, they are necessary to grow and to thrive and, and to exist. Right. Yeah. And I brought this up on another podcast. So I'm going to bring it up again. It's a little religious in, in the aspect, but. Um, I say, you know, a lot of times we tell each other, you know, do it yourself. You got this. You don't need anybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. If I'm looking at it from a religious aspect, when Jesus came as an adult, he wasn't walking around by himself. He had 12 <laughs> people he mm -hmm. hung out with. They talked, they fellowship, they laughed, mm -hmm. all this. And I'm thinking, why are we telling each other we have to do it by ourselves? Right. If the one person who didn't need anybody, still did it with others he mm -hmm. he maneuvered with others he fellowship he sang dance whatever they needed to do mm -hmm. they did it together and i think that's the prime example of what we how we need to see life yeah. those relationships are important mm -hmm. you know and they were all different people a lot of times we we tell each other i see it on facebook all the time find somebody just like you no <laughs> I don't want my friends to be just like me. Right? You want <laughs> you know something I mean? interesting. Or right. They're going to be 12, 12 moody people. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but right. I'm saying I, I don't want my friends to be just like me because we all have something different to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, that helps us get through our challenging days. Yeah. You know, yeah. where I may be in the dumps because of whatever at work. Mm -hmm. But my buddy here is a good listener. So I can mm -hmm. talk to him. And mm -hmm. he's going to say, Mark think about it like this or he might not say anything at all just listen and just listen right yeah. right right sometimes people just want you to listen because then they know they exist right like if, if you are here and you are in my presence and you i got eye contact with you and you're nodding you know those nonverbal cues right. i know you're listening to me which absolutely. means i exist absolutely i do want to talk about something um so a little, little on the hard side. However, we're going to bring it back up. Um, okay. And that's the suicide rate with our black and brown men. Um, I was doing some research and it's just, it may not be as high as a city white demographics, but it's still present. It's still there. Mm -hmm. um, can you just talk about that a little bit just you know th maybe things we can do or identify how we can help our, our our men you know yeah well men in general commit suicide more than women and that's usually because of the mode the method that they use right. um 
And surprisingly, um, brown and black girls, their numbers are increasing and they are wow. surpassing the number of white girls who attempt suicide. Right. Wow. So this says a lot about what's going on in our community, right. not getting help for mental, mental right. health. So if you're suffering from depression and you think, like you said, I got it, and depression can kill. Right. Uh, when you are down and hopeless and have no sense of self-worth, why would you want to be here? So right. that is where seeking mental health is important. There's suicide hotlines you can call. Um, I have, um, because I work with teenage boys and I've been really saddened by the number of brown and black boys who are actually committing suicide. Right. They have, you know, they have the weapons or they, um, we didn't even talk about bullying, um, right, right. which is another kind of like factor when, when talking about suicide in right. uh, brown and black men. But just that seeking mental health is, is what's missing and attributing to this, these higher numbers of suicides. Right. Um, I know just the other day I was watching the news, there was a report, it wasn't a suicide, it was a homicide, mm -hmm. where, I, I, well, I, I, think it, I think someone did pass away from, there was a shooting recently, mm -hmm. and they were saying the child was bullied, and it was a fight, and that's why he pulled out the weapon. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we have a big responsibility as adults to equip our, our children, our, our young boys, not with weapons, but with tools that they can work through some of their issues and problems. Mm -hmm. But we also have to be in a place that we can provide them those tools. Yeah. I think yeah. give it to the adults first. And then with those tools, they can it help trickles our, our down. Young, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that they can do? And then we're going to wrap up shortly after this. But what are some things that as adults that we can do to help our kids and maybe even help each other um, cope with some of the mental health challenges that we are experiencing? Uh, the first thing I think we can do is to be non-judgmental. Right. Um, nobody is better than anybody else. Um you don't get an award on for being superwoman or superman. There's uh, no trophy at the end of that. We we're all struggling. Right. Uh, some people handle it differently, and who's to say that your way is better than anyone else's? So, uh, and with that, also encouraging uh, one another to seek mental health um, when help when it's necessary. Uh, we can be supportive. We can be there for you. We can encourage you. We can pump you up. But everybody's not a mental health professional. Right. And so knowing when you need to say you should see someone, go with them if you, if, if they want you. Um, I tell a lot of my clients, sorry, I tell a lot of my clients, you are um, a role model of how mental health has helped you. Right. So just by you having better communication, being more open, being more empathetic, you're showing people how seeking mental health is a good thing. Like it benefits, like you said, it benefits everyone, not just a person who goes, because right. then you become like this, this poster kid for mental health services. So non-judgmental, being supportive, encouraging, modeling um, positive help and um destigmatizing mental health right, right. making it where important. it's okay to go and seek help it's okay if you have a diagnosis it's okay if you take medication it's right. even okay if you've been hospitalized right. right it's a sickness it's an illness um you wouldn't laugh at someone who has diabetes or anything like that you would encourage them to go to a doctor so it's the same thing right absolutely and, and you know stephanie um I wanted to have this discussion. I know this is a, for our listeners and maybe some of your friends or family who may be listening, um, although this is a vitiligo awareness podcast, my goal is to not just spread vitiligo awareness education, but education about other things that affect us as people, not just because I have vitiligo, right. 
<laughs> but because I'm a person, I'm living on this planet, you know. Right. So that's why I wanted to have this discussion about mental health. And, you know, in this short period of time, we can't, you know, give you all the facts, you know, mm -hmm. all the information. And and but maybe somebody out there is listening that will say, you know what, I know someone or I myself may need mm -hmm. to seek some help. And it's OK to do that. Right. You know, nobody's going to judge you. You know, you go, you get the help you need so you could be a better person at the end of the day or mm -hmm. whatever your situation is can get better for you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And find someone who who you trust to right. to reach out to. And like you said, it could be a total stranger. Just right. knowing that someone is listening to you and that they care about you could give you the the courage that you need to to ask for help. Right. And I want to add this um, for our listeners out there. There is a Facebook post I've seen um, a couple of times. And basically the post is saying that uh, don't talk to anyone because, you know, what are they going to do that? You know, what can they do for you? No, talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone to listen is better than having no one to listen, you know. Right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times we get into this mindset that it has to be something physical somebody can do for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, just have a listening ear is so right. important. Right. Because uh, I know I vent and mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I need somebody to listen to me. And yeah. if I Sometimes find you just need to get it me, out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and nobody it, is is required to fix your problems. Right. Absolutely. But they can listen. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Stephanie, before we wrap things up, mm -hmm. um, can you leave our listeners, and I'd like to ask my guests to leave some type of words of encouragement with them, just whatever you feel like sharing with them, and then we will wrap things up. Okay. Um, well, I'm hoping that everyone knows that they matter and that they are important. You may feel like nobody cares, uh, nobody's out there for you, but just the fact that you are a human being and you're on this planet, you matter. And whatever you have gone through, you survived it and you survived it for a reason. You are here whoever that was when you were seven or eight that went through all of that stuff they helped you to be who the, you, the person you are today. So love who you are, accept who Absolutely. you are and, and share who you are with other people. There are people out there who want to help you and who want to listen to you. Absolutely. And, you know, before I give my closing, Stephanie, I want to say thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, for my listeners, we are recording this late at night. Uh, when you're hearing it, for our listeners, it is during the day, but this was pre-recorded. Uh, but I'd like to thank you so very much for coming on board and sharing this great information. Um, maybe in the future, we'll do another segment. We could talk about some other aspects because okay. I think it's important for our, our community to know. Yeah. And um, if you have some resources, I think you sent some to me before and I still have mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. I make sure I share them out on my Facebook page uh, to get to the right people. Okay. Um, but I greatly appreciate it for our listeners. Thank you for listening in. Um, as always, I say to you, remember to love someone, but most of all, look in the mirror and love yourself. You have been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. You take care and have a wonderful day. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton. This podcast was sponsored by My Vitiligo Team.